Hello and welcome to episode number seven of News of the Nerd, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. I am Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host, Ben. Hello, good evening, good evening. How are you doing, Ben? You had a good week? Uh, just working all week. It's been a very, very long week. I've been doing lots of overtime, so... Well, now we get to talk about nerd shit. Nerdy. Uh, as always, we'll start off with the news. Can I start this one? If you want. Going out of process, but I just... After your deboggle last week... where My you did... what? Deboggle? 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 <laughs> Debacle? Debacle? I don't know. Atrocity, atrocity. Definitely not deboggle. (laughs) Your atrocity last week, where you finished on a very low note. I thought, let's start with the sad, sad news. Okay, I was going to finish with it again, but okay. Yeah, you're just leaving it on a bummer. And this is a massive loss for me. So, the sad, sad news that Jason David Frank has passed away at the age of 49. Now, for most of the nerd community, I'm hoping we will know Jason David Frank played a multitude of Power Rangers. He did. He was always Tommy, wasn't he? He was always Tommy. Every time he played a range, a different Ranger, he was still Tommy. Um, so he was obviously in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, started off as the Green Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, and that evil man. That was back when I I was watching Power Rangers, like as it was brand new as it came out. I remember him being introduced as the Green Ranger, and you know it was it was mind blowing. Another Power Ranger, crazy. Like because obviously Mighty Morphin was the first Power Rangers ever, and then I was a big Power Rangers fan as well. I had I had all the you know what they all had different weapons, and you could clip them together to make a big crossbow thing. Yeah. So I had all the different weapons that clipped together. I also had toys of all the different Zords that unfolded like Transformers and clipped together into a Megazord. I think I got all those after after you moved out. Or yeah, after, after lost, you grew lost up. Lost them, broke them all. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> what was your favourite one? Where's my did? Power Rangers toys, goddammit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Mighty Morphin was your favourite one then. Yeah, Mighty Morphin was the one that I watched. I I'd stopped watching it after they went to you know Power Rangers in Space and Power Rangers Zio and everything like that. And I only started having any interest in Power Rangers again when you were young and started watching Power Rangers. Uh, Wild I think Force. it was with yeah Wild Force and Dino <gasps> the Fury. The best one. I loved Wild Force. Wild Force were great. Power Rangers Ninja Force. I think you watched as well. Yep, and Dino Thunder, which um, Jason David Frank was also in as the as Doctor Tommy. Yeah, the Black Dino Ranger. Yeah, but he was also in Power Rangers Turbo. He was as the Red Turbo Ranger. We forgot to mention he's White Ranger. I've got the list here. He was in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He was in Zeo. He was in Turbo. He was in Wild Force, Dino Thunder, Super Mega Force. Uh, he was in Power Rangers Hyperforce, which was a web series. Um, and he's in an episode of Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel. He also was in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, which is a great, a great movie. movie. And he was in the Turbo Power Rangers movie as well. And he had a cameo in the the recent 2017 Power Rangers movie. Yes, he did. 
And then there's Legend of the White Dragon. Do you know about this? Remind me. It is a fan film that's been crowdfunded. Okay. I don't think I had heard of this. So uh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, The film Legend of the White Dragon launched on Kickstarter in 2020, and it was going to be a miniseries or fan film. With the popularity and excitement, it grew into a full feature film. The film includes past Power Rangers performances such as Jason David Frank, Jason Faunt, and Sierra Hanna. I don't know who the other guy, those guys are. Let's have a look. Jason Faunt. I think it weren't he one of the Red Rangers. Red Time Force Ranger. That's who he is. And the other person it said was Sierra Hanna. And she is the Yellow Megaforce Ranger. It says the movie wrapped in 2021. It is currently in production and set to release in 2023. So that will be his final performance, his final Power Rangers performance at least. I'll definitely be giving that one a watch uh, when that comes out. Do we know what it's coming out on? It just says here 2023. Okay. But yeah... he is he is a big loss, especially to any Power Rangers fans out there. I think out of all the Rangers from the the Mighty Morphine series, he I think was always the one who would come back and do cameos, pop up in other in other shows, and was was still like very active on the the fan circuit. And I was amazed how many people like when this news broke said like, you know, I only spoke to him last week. Yeah, there's um, a post from a guy I know. He was one of the owners of one of the martial arts brands. Um, yeah, that and I like met him quite a few times and like spoke uh, spoke with him, trained with him. He taught he taught me um, things, but he actually trained and opened a gym with Jason David Frank. Like they were really really good friends, and I saw a post from him the other day saying like. I only talked to him a few days ago. He feels partly responsible for it, you know, because no one had any idea. Yeah. See, what he was like, you see his posts on social media and things like that, and he was very active. Like, he was always, uh, you know, like the little Comic Cons and conventions and things like that, um, and always posting videos of all his uh, Power Rangers memorabilia. So it is a very, very sad loss. Yeah, and... uh... Yeah, there's been so many tributes that I've seen, um, not least from the his, his original Mighty Morphine teammates. So uh, Austin St. John, who was the Red Ranger, David Yost, who was the Blue Ranger, uh, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, Walter Jones, who was the Black Ranger, have all been posting posting their tributes uh, online, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, Bulk and Skull, Zordon, uh, yeah, so many, so many people, as well as, of course, you know, his family. He had a, yeah, he had a wife. He had four kids. It is, uh, yeah, like I said, a big loss, and you know, Power Rangers was a big part of both of our childhoods. Yeah, definitely. So it did, uh, it did hit hard when when I saw that news. I think I literally, Dad was sat next to me, and I literally just went shit, and he was like, "What?" I was like, "Well." So it like just out of nowhere, I feel. Yeah. So yeah, that is Jason David Frank has sadly passed away at the age of forty nine. So the reason last week 
um, I put uh, I put that bit of news last was because I feel like it's hard to bounce back after that. Uh, because the the rest of what we're going to talk about is is you know just trivial and nonsense. Um, well, there's there's one very upsetting piece of news I've got, but well, okay, Quentin Tarantino has been slagging off Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like, know what? I don't think you could have opened with a better one. That that was well done. You see things like this all the time, and people people got. <laughs> Really upset with Bert Scorsese when he was having a go at Marvel, but I think did you really expect these people to be big Marvel fans? Like they're allowed their opinion as well, and honestly, Quentin Tarantino's opinion I don't disagree with. Um, so what he said uh, on a podcast, I can't remember which podcast it was. It wasn't ours. I know that much. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, he wanted he wanted to come on ours. Oh, we said yeah. no. We you know. We were too busy for him. He said, part of the marvelization of Hollywood is you have all these actors who become famous for playing these characters, but they're not movie stars. Captain America is the star, or Thor is the star. I mean, I'm not the first person to say it, but I think it's been said a zillion times. But it's like, you know, it's these franchise characters that become the star. And I don't disagree with that. Like, for a few years... Robert Downey Jr. was like the biggest star in the world because he was playing Tony Stark. Yeah. It, since then, he's done a shit Doctor Doolittle film. I quite enjoyed it. Well, you would. You enjoy everything. I know. Um, I think it was. It was really bad. It was so disappointing that film. I was really looking forward to that. And yeah, that was that was a terrible film. But yeah, so comic book movie fans being the you know sensible down-to-earth people that they are have uh really not been happy that (laughs) quentin tarantino has dared to say anything against marvel films they don't like it when anybody has anything negative to say about the films they like but you know they're allowed their opinions i can't believe you'd say that but the one who i feel like should know better is Simu Liu, who played Shang-Chi, <laughs> has called out Quentin Tarantino now. Um, Fight me, bruv, behind, behind back park. And I, I should mention that he Quentin Tarantino did go on to say that he doesn't hate Marvel films. It's just that they seem to be the only films that are getting made these days. Are, uh, you know, big budget superhero billion dollar movies. Um, anyway, Simu Liu has said on Twitter, if the only gatekeepers to movie stardom came from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would have never had the opportunity to lead a $400 million plus movie. I am in awe of their filmmaking genius. They are transcendent auteurs, but they don't get to point their nose at me or anyone. No studio is or will ever be perfect, but I'm proud to work with one that has made sustained efforts to improve diversity on screen by creating heroes that empower and inspire people of all communities everywhere. I loved The Golden Age too, but it was white as hell. Which, yeah, like I agree with that. But I don't think, I don't think Tarantino was saying that, like I... (laughs) I feel like he's taken offence where no offence needed to be taken. Tarantino has been like, the characters are the important bit, not the actors. And then he's just gone, you racist bastard. Tarantino 
has said what so many people have said for a long time. But because it's Tarantino. It's like, like... M- movie stars like they used to exist don't exist anymore. Uh, the closest thing that we've probably got is The Rock. Like, The Rock is someone who can sell tickets on his name alone. And slow-mo. What? Sell tickets on his name and slow-mo. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were talking about a movie star called slow-mo. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, like the Scorsese thing a few years ago, it just feels... <laughs> So unnecessary. Like, of course, Martin Scorsese doesn't like Marvel films. He was never going to. And yeah, Quentin Tarantino has said he doesn't hate Marvel films. He just wishes there was a greater range of films coming out, uh, which I also agree with. Like, obviously, I love Marvel films, but it does feel like that's the only thing that studios are interested in anymore is, you know, these big budget blockbusters yeah and i get what you're saying about the character it's like if if someone were to ask you who's morgan freeman to you you, there's countless movies you could name yeah if someone went to you who's robert downey jr you'd be like iron man and so i I get where he's coming from and i don't think he needed to be called a racist for that but (laughs) hey how don't don't argue with the kung fu guy. That's all he needs to know. Yeah, <laughs> just don't. He's got ten rings, and he'll fuck you up. Um. So, are we doing back and forth today? We'll do back and forth today. If you've we'll, got something, yeah. Uh, we're going with movies first, then, yeah. Yeah. Mo- movies. Okay. So I've got something. I feel like you should have this. Um. Blade has found a new director. That was literally next on my list. Yes, Jan Demange, who does Lovecraft Country which I think you've watched a lot of. So Lovecraft Country is the thing that's getting reported because that's the thing that that is known worldwide. But So he's a French-Algerian director, but he moved to London when he was four years old and he grew up in London, which I think means we can claim him as a British director, especially when his early directing credits include Dead Set. Do you remember Dead Set? That was brilliant. Why does it ring a bell? Dead Set was written by Charlie Brooker. It was about a zombie apocalypse, but it was set around the Big Brother house. Oh, yeah. It even had Davina McCall in it as a zombie. And it was like one of them... Were it Channel 4? Yeah, of course it was Channel 4 if it were Big Big Brother. Brother. Um, Like one of them really British shit spoofs that was brilliant. It weren't even a spoof. It was just... Great no, TV. It had that feel, do you know what I mean? It was it was a zombie drama just happened to be set around Big Brother. Uh he also directed Top Boy, which That's was meant to be really, really good. I've not actually watched it. I think he might have directed an episode. Uh no, he directed the first series. Uh so there were four series, he directed the first one. Um and yeah, that was that was great as well. He also directed a movie called Seventy One which was set uh, in the, the Irish Troubles. Um, so like some very British movies there. And then he directed the first episode of Lovecraft Country, which was the best episode. And have you seen Lovecraft Country? I've not. You have told me to watch it before. Oh, yeah, you definitely should. The first episode has got this great like take on a car chase that's 
Um, because they're, they're in a they're in a town that's got a a curfew for black people, basically, and you you can't be out after a certain time, and so they're they're trying to get out of the town, but there's a cop following them, so it's like a slow motion car chase. They're going at exactly the speed limit, so that they're they're not speeding, they're not giving the cop any reason to pull them over, but they're getting out of the town as quickly as they can with this cop just tailing them all the way. It's so tense. Um, and that, yeah, that was the episode he directed. So he's directed a lot, um, but I think we were talking about this a couple of episodes ago about we were thinking because it had been paused, are they waiting for the director to finish working on something? Cause who was it before? Oh, yeah, I can't remember his name. So he was doing something else. So we thought maybe they're just going to pause until he's finished that, but now they've they've gone with a new director, which the only thing for me because they have started filming, haven't they? No, no, they were meant to start filming. They were going to start filming in November, and they had to cancel because they got rid of the director. They split with the director. It's been pushed back a year. That were it. Uh, so, but they've also got a new writer. They seem to be taking advantage of this extra time they've got in hand now and they're writing an entire new script. So uh, Michael Starbury, who uh, got an Emmy nomination in 2019 for an episode of When They See Us, which I'm pretty sure I watched. It was a Netflix show, a Netflix four-parter. Um, true story about a uh, a group of uh, black teenagers who were accused of beating someone up in Central Park. And I think it was basically like just because they were nearby, then it must have been them. What's what's the name of this new writer? Michael Starbury. Oh, okay. And yeah, he got an Emmy nomination for the episode of that that he wrote. But yeah, like they, they these are two people with really good some credentials. Great some great, yeah, movies and TV shows to their name. Uh, it makes me really hopeful. For uh, for what's going to happen with Blade, I'm excited for it because obviously we've got Mahashala Ali, Mahashara, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the Hunger Games, okay, as, as Boggs. Um, so he was in the uh, Hung- Mockingjay Hunger Games. He was like one of the guards, so he did have a fairly big part in that, and I I liked his part in that because it was kind of the serious, but also had a personality do you know what i mean i mean out of all the things he's been in i remember him out of that okay <laughs> out I mean, of all I've, the things I've, he's I've been not, in most I've people not... would say moonlight green book not watched any of them not watched house of cards i've not watched house of cards you've not watched moonlight or green book no i do want to watch green book though isn't Mate, that you need, um, you need to watch more films isn't that where he's basically rich and he's got a driver and everyone thinks that he's the driver like is a thing about like race yeah, and yeah then them two become friends and all that yeah it's meant to be really good um so i'd like to watch that is in true detective which i haven't seen either i've seen series one of true detective it wasn't in that i started series two of true detective but it wasn't as good so i gave up he was in the luke cage series he was he had a very long stint in the 4400 
I've not watched a that. TV series. Um, not not Iron, but thirty two episodes in that, so he was in that for quite a while. But now he's a really good actor, so I'm excited to see what he does with Blade. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, with these new with these new people behind the scenes, behind the camera, I think it's uh, it's really got potential. Um, I think that's currently slated to come out in 2024. Yes. So uh, Ryan Reynolds has been talking to, um, I think it was a big issue, uh, about his new movie Spirited that's, I think, on Apple TV and looks wank. Uh, but anyway. Will Ferrell. Yeah. I think it looks quite funny. Well, you would. I like Ryan Reynolds and I find Will Ferrell quite funny sometimes. I find Will Ferrell the most annoying actor to have ever been allowed in front of a camera. I think that's why I find him funny, because he's so annoying. You can't admit it, it, Elf isn't a great film. We're going to have some arguments on Christmas episode, aren't we, about uh, Elf? Uh, Elf? Elf is the one that's all right. Elf, Elf is the one of his that is okay. And he's uh, in Blades of Glory as well, isn't he? That's a great film as well. Uh, that's that's quite good. But like the ones that everyone goes mental for Anchorman is the biggest pile of shite you've I've got to be right mood ever for sat that. through because it is just like I don't even know it's just stupidity anyway uh, I, I, I was I was telling you so, a story so, about so Ryan what's Reynolds Ryan Reynolds said Ryan Reynolds was talking about his new holiday movie Spirited and he said I would love to see a song and dance number in a Deadpool movie Four years ago, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick and I wrote a Christmas movie starring Deadpool, but it got lost in the shuffle of Disney acquiring Fox and it never got made. Maybe one day we'll be able to make that movie. It's not a musical, but it's a full Deadpool Christmas movie. How awesome does that sound? I would love to see a Deadpool Christmas movie. Don't like Christmas movies. No, I would. I think it'd be funny. I really do. I think I'd like I don't know why Deadpool just seems to maybe it's the red suit just seems to lend itself just screams to, Christmas it could it could make a really fun Christmas film but also yeah a musical would be great in a, in a Deadpool film so make make it a musical Christmas movie like this could it's probably too late to be uh to be on Disney Plus for next Christmas but make it the 2024 Christmas Marvel special presentation <laughs> I'd be well on board if you know if they want to convince me to renew my Disney Plus for another year. Like I'm gonna anyway, but don't tell them that. <laughs> put put this on a Christmas 2024. The way you put your hand I'll up renew. to your mouth. Like, yeah, I put my hand up don't... to my mouth so they don't hear me. <laughs> Come on, Ben. <laughs> any any time a Disney a Disney exec starts playing this podcast on the phone, you just appear with your hand like, no, don't listen. <laughs> I think at the start of that, you need to do that. Because I was like, what did Ryan Reynolds say? That's got to be a, a theme tune. What did Ryan Reynolds say? It's like, the, it just reminded me of the um, who else put Quagmire off a of family guy. <laughs> Ah, oh, you talk so much shit sometimes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, speaking of Disney execs, um, Disney have been uh, have been shuffling their bobs around. The bobs. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've had a change of bobs. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know CEO of Disney for a long time was Bob Iger. 
Yes, uh, I've just seen. I've seen that they've got a new CEO. He so, but Bob. Well, but no, Bob Iger uh, was in charge uh, for for a long, long time, and he was in charge when they acquired Pixar, uh, Marvel, Lucas Films, and I think like announced his retirement like three times before he actually went. Uh, it just seemed like he didn't want to go. But anyway, when Bob Iger finally left, Bob Chapek came in. Um, and it seems has just not been very well liked. Often I think it's it's like it's a fandom thing, like people will, will see something negative and blame it on the new person that's so you know, there's there's whenever there's a bad Star Wars film, everyone goes, It's Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy's yeah. ruined Star Wars. But everyone's loving Andor and no one's going, Oh, maybe Kathleen Kennedy's not bad. Like, well, she probably didn't have a vote to do with that one. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's having Kathleen Kennedy's involved in all the ones I don't like. <laughs> like, no, she's involved in all of it. If if Kathleen Kennedy's terrible because she didn't like the Rise of Skywalker, then she must also be great because she liked the Mandalorian. Like, it's all her. Yeah, the Mandalorian's a great series. So, but yeah, it also seems like you know he hasn't been very well liked. Um, from the creatives that work at Disney, from from what I've heard, nobody is upset that Bob Chapek will now be leaving and Bob Iger is back. <laughs> so we're just doing a Bob hokey cokey. But yeah, so, no, his time. So, so they're just going to basically start acquisitioning more people now. Well, more companies. Who knows? Uh, Bob Chapek's time it hasn't been an easy one at Disney because I think he started like late 2019 or early 2020. Yeah. Um, but there was obviously the whole controversy with uh, Scarlett Johansson's pay over uh, Black Widow being released straight to Disney Plus. The fact that Pixar movies have all been going straight to Disney Plus since he took over, um, and this doesn't affect us as much, but people that frequent Disney's parks have uh, not been happy that everything seems to be getting more expensive and uh, we seem to be really hiking up the prices in the parks. So I think, you know, all of that combined has uh, has mounted to them, to them kicking him out and bringing Bob Iger back in while they find a permanent replacement. They're just like, Bob, can you just come out of retirement just for a little bit, like five, ten years max? So I have another bit, and it's quite exciting. So Mads Mikkelsen um, is Indiana Jones 5 villain. I think we've known that for a while. Have we? I'm pretty sure we've known that for a while. Uh, so Empire Magazine released it as an exclusive on November 19th. Oh, the image. Um, and what he is. Um, so he's Voller. A man who would like to correct some of the mistakes of the past. So Indiana Jones is fighting the Nazis again in 1969. Yeah, it'll probably be like the son of one of the original yeah. Nazis or so. I'm really excited about it because I really like him. He plays a really good villain. He's brilliant. He's so good in... Uh, did you ever watch Hannibal with yes. him in it? Yeah. Oh, I so loved Hannibal. And it was it was a absolute travesty that it ended when it did like that that should have been that should have kept running for years Doctor that was strange. so good it was uh, quite yeah, serious he, he was good in doctor strange um i don't know i feel i wish it had a meatier role like i feel like he was kind of wasted a bit in yeah. that yeah 
they could have used him a lot more. Um, it was the new Gellert Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Obviously, after they changed cast, uh, I think he did a really good job. It's not easy taking up a part midway through a saga. Yeah, he does a good job in everything. Um, yeah. I'll tell you one to watch. Watch um, Another Round with Mads Mikkelsen. That's a brilliant film. Just getting drunk all the time. I mean, it's about drinking. No, I'll I'll get a watch because I really like him as an actor. Um, he's really good, so I think he'll make Indiana Jones really interesting. Yeah, so I saw. I think it, it was also it was from that uh, interview with Empire. Uh, they did announce that the opening scene of the new Indiana Jones. I guess you know, skip ahead thirty seconds if you don't want to know anything. But I think if if they've said it in an interview and it's fair game. They did mention that the opening scene is going to feature a de-aged Harrison Ford uh, looking like he did uh, back in the old indie films. And apparently it's some of the best de-aging that Disney have done so far. But yeah, apparently Harrison Ford is playing Indiana Jones, isn't he? The whole way through. Well, yeah. Yeah, but... What did you expect? When it was first announced, we were both like, surely he's too old to play it now. No, no, they're going to use this. This is going to be his last one. They're going to use this to introduce somebody else to take over the franchise. He'll probably have a son called Indiana in it. Yeah, (laughs) or just Indy. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see where that one goes. But, but yeah, I'm sure we've known that Mads Mikkelsen's going to be the villain for a while. Well, I didn't. Have you got any more movie news? Uh, not really. Uh, I know there's a new Avatar trailer has come out. I've not watched it. I've not watched it. I just want to wait. I'm going to go and watch the film anyway, so uh, I feel like at this point watching any more trailers is just spoiling it for myself. Yeah. I did read that apparently for it to make a profit, it needs to be at least like the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. I don't know whether they'll uh, be able to do that successfully or not, but we'll see. They've 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 got a job, haven't they? Really, they've got to one up the first Avatar, which was visually incredible, um, and it's a great film as well. I think it it was doing something new and different at the yeah. time, though, which now it's not. So I don't know if it will capture the world's imagination in the same way as the first one did. But you know, only time will tell. It'll be uh, it'll be out soon. We might have to do another bonus episode on it. Maybe uh, one to release in the new year. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Um. So in terms of TV, I've got an Aragon series coming to Disney Plus, which I'm really excited about because not it's even though it's got a low score of sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, I really like the Aragon film. Oh, did you? I'm so I'm surprised that you liked a film. I did. It's got dragons. Anything with dragons, I'm going to enjoy. I I enjoyed it. Like if I rewatched it now, I might just be like, "Oh dear, it's not aged well." But it was all right. It's not. Do you know what I mean? I I didn't fall asleep for it. I didn't want to stop watching it. What so, What's a film you don't like, Ben? A film that I don't like. Um. It's really hard when See, you put me there aren't any, are they? The, you, there just are. Like, you like everything you watch. No, I don't. There are films that I don't <laughs> like, um, and that I don't get through, and things like that. Anyway, I, so so you put me on the spot. What what's the news about Aragon anyway? So it's been announced that an Aragon live action TV show is currently in development for Disney Plus. Yeah, that were announced in July. So what's the new news? 
I've just got new knees. <laughs> Why did we not talk about it then? Because we didn't have a podcast in July. Shh, they don't know that. Next news. What else you got? <laughs> um, Doctor Who. Millie Gibson joins Doctor Who as the new companion. Yes, I mean, yeah, but she looks great. Uh, so I watched an interview uh, with uh, Shooter Gatwa interviewing her. I can't wait for him as Doctor, I'm sorry, but I think he's going to be brilliant. Oh, yeah, so do I. I'm really looking forward to this new series, and like, there's so much to look forward to with Doctor Who. Like, we've done with the Chibnall era, we can forget all about him, and there's, God. we've got David Tennant coming back, we've got Catherine Tate coming back, She's bringing her granddad back. <laughs> Wilfred, Russell T. Davis is like Wilfred yes. Mott's coming back. Russell T. Davis is going to be the writer, and that's we've got three 60th anniversary specials coming next year, and then a Christmas special uh, that's going to be shoot to get was first uh, full episode, um, and and then how many specials? Three 60th anniversary specials next year and then there's going to be a christmas special as well so we're getting four specials of doctor who next year so we're just not having doctor who for a year apart from the specials what are you talking about there's just been an episode of doctor who like a couple of months ago and then there's going to be three episodes next year and then another one at christmas yeah but not like a full series throughout the year oh yeah we're not having a full series no but we're getting three episodes of david tennant and Catherine tate the doctor donna nothing to mumble at what? Which is nothing to mumble at. To grumble it's at. David, mumble. But do you mean grumble? No, I mean mumble. I am saying mumble. Why I don't would you care mumble if it's at something. <laughs> Why wouldn't you mumble at something? You're making my head hurt. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, David Millie Tennant. Gibson, um, she's been in Coronation Street apparently. I don't watch it because I'm not a 70-year-old woman. <laughs> what if there's 70-year-old women listening to this? You've just pissed them off. Why would I have pissed them off? Because you're insulting the favourite TV show. No, I just said Saying that... it is only for 70-year-old women. I just said I'd be more likely to annoy a 20-year-old woman listening to it going... I listen. To, I I watch. I do what. I say what. No, <laughs> nobody that watches Coronation Street is listening to us talk about fucking Doctor Who. Just like them execs aren't listening. No, execs aren't uh, uh, are listening, but they can't hear me when I put my like cut my <laughs> my mouth with my hand. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Next news. I've got a little bit of science news. Science, kind of. Science. It's basically science. It's it is a science. So a new pyramid has been discovered in Egypt. Where were it? Where in desert. That's where they should have looked originally. In it was in the Dasha Necropolis, which is actually where loads of other pyramids have been found and artifacts and things. They've just kind of missed it somehow. But the so one of the craziest things is that in there they found a tomb for a pharaoh. And it's actually a queen. So the only queen we knew of was Cleopatra. So it's actually to, they've actually found a new queen, which we had no idea about. Um, and over 300 mummies, and they've all got the names on the sides of the coffins. That's crazy. Like, um, ancient Egypt covers such a, such a vast period of time. Yeah. 
Like, and I'm sure was... I heard a fact that was something like Cleopatra, in in time, lived closer to us than she did to the building of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yeah. So, like, it was already ancient when Cleopatra was alive. Yeah. It's just mad that that's a thing. Because there were people who were saying that, like, as the ru- these, like, ruins of, like, the monuments and things like that, during, like, the New Kingdom period, they were already ruins. Yeah. Like, that was their history that they were exploring as well, which is crazy. Do you remember, you were only young, do you remember we went into the Great Pyramid of Giza? Oh, it's so tiny. It's so tiny. Do you remember remember the smell? (laughs) It smelled like... Like, That's the main thing that stuck with, like, I remember tiny little corridors. um, It smelled like your nan's wardrobe. Yeah, it just smelled fusty. (laughs) It did, though. It smelled like a nan's wardrobe. (laughs) Like mothballs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To say it had been closed for, for thousands of years... Um, but yeah, to say we're still discovering things in Egypt is crazy. I don't have any more science news. I've just got a little bit of gaming news. Okay. Um, so, Scrabble Dictionary has added 500 new words, including embiggen and Jedi. Okay. There's other words like bay, uh, vax, higgen, hig, 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 h-y-g-g-e. H, but that's um, that's a Scandinavian word. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but there's a cafe in town. Huger. I think H- Huger. Huger. Yeah, Huger. Ishta Ishta Hagda Huger. Like I've heard I some people does. pronounce it hug. Some people pronounce it hugger. But yeah, that that I know that's a Scandinavian word just because there's a cafe called that. Um, this this is one of my favourite words. Edition. It's just fun to say. Zonky. 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 What's I don't know. Mean? I don't. I don't know if it's a version of Jinkies or if it's a. Maybe it's a ze- zebra, zebra donkey. Had, yeah, crossbreed. That's what I was try- wondering. Um, you've got vaquita, which is a cool word. Um, and embiggen. I don't know what embiggen means. I'm guessing it means to biggen something. Embiggen is a word from The Simpsons. It was originally coined by The Simpsons. And it was a, the joke was that it was a nonsense word. It's on the statue of Jebediah Springfield. Uh, it says something like, uh, a noble spirit embiggens the mind. So that's where it originally comes from. But also, Miss Marvel now, that's like her catchphrase. That when she stretches, she calls it embiggening. She embiggens. That's her power, to embiggen. Uh, but yeah, it all comes from uh, a Simpsons episode. But yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, like so, the big ticket letters are queso, which is a Spanish word. So they've started having different languages yeah. in there. Juicery. That's, that's cheese. Cheese is it? Queso. Queso's cheese. Yeah. Uh, juicery, which is a place that juices, I guess. And um, fauxhawk. Fauxhawk. It's a hairstyle. Like a mohawk. A fake mohawk, a fauxhawk. I, I think so, maybe. I don't know. It's something to do with that. It would make sense. Um, and then Z-donk. Oh, so I, I bet a Z-donk is the opposite of a zonkey. A zebra donkey. Yeah, like a, a male a zebra. Z- a Z-donk's a zebra donkey. Yeah, and, and is a donkey the other way around, like a donkey, female donkey and a male zebra. Yeah. Yeah. See, I know shit. 
I can guess shit anyway. Uh, but I just I just thought it was it was funny interesting and obviously Jedi the word Jedi being added makes it nerdy. Yeah. Um I mean I'd be honest, when you said gaming news, I wasn't expecting that game to be Scrabble. Well when I was looking at it, I was like the only place to put it is in gaming news. Do you have any other news? I do. Two more pieces. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I think we talked about this. It's a few weeks ago about The Witcher 3 is getting a current-gen upgrade, um, but that is actually going to include more new quests and other things as well, like costumes. Um, so, one of the costumes you can get is going to be Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Henry, a Henry Cavill costume. Okay, a little Superman. Which I think is Big really S cool. on his chest, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Henry Cavill's The Witcher character. Um, you're going to be able to have that as a costume. But it's a great game. So I'm quite excited that it's getting a, a new gen upgrade. It, you can't run the game anyway. Do you know, like, if you've got a PC? Yeah. The Witcher 3, which came out in 2013. What did it come out for? Was it? Would it have been PS3 at the time? It must have been. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of gen. So when you say it's getting an upgrade, is that for PS5 or will it be out on PS4 as well? I'm not too sure about that one, um, but it's... Come on, man, uh, you've got to do so your research have, when you're bringing news it, to the I've podcast. Got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, okay? Fuck you. Um, it'll be available on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and even include the new features in the PC's version of the game. Yeah. Well, but I ain't got one it, of them, so... If you've got a PC... The game that came out in 2013, it is so hard to run because it's just graphically ahead of its time. There is a setting in it that changes how much his hair moves per follicle. Okay. <laughs> like, each, do you know each individual strand? Yeah. Like, you can reduce how much it works. It just takes up so much eGPU. So, it's insane. So, the adding even more and then my final bit of news and this is the bit that pissed me off a little bit because i'm planning on getting it but i don't know whether to now um nintendo is reportedly giving pokemon scarlet and violet refunds well yeah i've seen a lot of glitches apparently it's a very glitchy game i've never really like since i was a kid i've never i've never like bought the new pokemon games as they've come out so i've not played this one but i've seen a lot of people online not very happy with uh with their experience i've also seen a lot of people really loving it as well like you got to balance yeah. it out a lot of people are really loving it um the, the one exception the one that i did buy as soon as it came out was uh legends arceus and that was that was amazing that was the pokemon game that i've always wanted arceus yeah yeah it's like a proper arceus 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 I don't actually know which it is. It's like the John Constantine Constantine argument. I don't actually know if it's Arceus or Arceus. Well, I've been saying Arceus all along, so it just doesn't sound like Nintendo wouldn't go Arse. Yes, Arceus. Why not? Sounds... Arse doesn't mean anything like outside of England. It sounds like his superpowers are fart. Arse does not mean anything outside of England. It's not even a word in America. They say ass. Ass. Assius. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Legends, Assius. <laughs> oh, that made me feel sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of glitches, so I was going to buy it, but I don't know. Um, Have you got a Switch? I'm buying one in February. Oh, okay. Oh, it'll, it'll all be sorted by February. 
Yeah, hopefully. It's not like the Game Boy Advance ones where if there was a glitch, a load of glitches to it, they couldn't fix it unless yeah. you bought the new game. Well, They could just update them, can't they? Yeah. Well, when you get your Switch, I'll lend you Pokemon Legends Asius. Yes, please. Um, that means I don't have to buy it because I were going to buy it. Um, have you got Sword and Shield? No. No, oh, I, but I've got that. I've got one of the remakes. Um, Brilliant Diamond. Oh, no, Omega. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Is it Omega Ruby? No, well, they were. Omega Ruby and. No, I've got Shining Pearl. I think. Okay, yeah. It's full of Pokemon that I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, I've played the uh, Pokemon games so many times, especially ones like Emerald, um, Platinum. See, I, I think like so Emerald good. was probably the one when you were first old enough to to really understand playing a Pokemon game. I think Emerald was the one that came out. I feel like that was your first proper it Pokemon wasn't. game. It was Fire Red? No, it wasn't. It was Leaf Green. I really wanted Fire Red, but I got Leaf Green. Well, they were the remakes that came out around the same time as Emerald, weren't they? I don't think so. I'm going to check that. But also, like they're remakes, so they don't count. They're not remakes, they are... They are remakes. Of Red, I guess, but it's there's still loads of different the, features The remakes of Red and Blue, they added stuff to it, but they're still remakes of Red and Blue. Well, they still count. Um, so, 2004 for Leaf Green and Fire Red. Fuck you, 2004 for Emerald. Right. See? Don't doubt me again. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, okay. Um... But yeah, so I played Leaf, Leaf Green, Fire Red, Emerald. So, so something that did make me feel a bit old and out of touch <laughs> um, the other day was that I read that with the release of this new Pokemon game, there are now over a thousand Pokemon. You're just there like 150... 151. <laughs> That's how many there should be. Um... 251 at a push. Take it up to Celebi. Okay, but I'm I'm excited to play the new ones. I I think I am probably still gonna buy it, even though it's meant to be glitchy. I like the concept that it's open world. I think it's kind of cool that you can see you don't have to run around in grass for ages just waiting for one to pop up. You can just see a group and you're like, nah, I don't want that one. Yeah, well, that's exactly what uh, Legends is like. But then you don't. So what you you don't then like. I mean, you can throw your Pokemon out and battle them, but it doesn't like cut and go into a battle animation or anything. Like you just crouch down in the grass and sneak up on them and throw, a, like, use your controller to aim and throw the ball. Isn't it like a prehistoric, like an older? Yeah, version? yeah. It's so like it's like a before... prequel to Diamond and Pearl. Oh, I no, I mean like the time period. Yeah, is that yeah. why? It's it's like a prequel to Diamond and Pearl. Like I think it's meant to be like thousands of years beforehand. Okay. It's like Pokeballs are, are a new invention. Yeah. So everyone's just running around going mental. But it does kind of annoy me in the little one. I don't know in the little one in the new one because I don't know how I feel about getting your legendary very close to the start of the game and then riding it. Yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that puts me off. Like it the... feels like a cop out. I really don't like, I don't know, all, all the, the new features that we put in Pokemon games all, always seem really gimmicky now. So I didn't like the idea of Gigantamax 
and I don't like the idea of the terror forms. Um, and riding your legendaries round like a motorbike. I don't know. It just it's it all it all just looks really gimmicky to yeah. me. But whatever. I I probably won't be buying those. But if they do another one like Pokemon Legends, Asius, then I'll buy that. Well, I'll be buying it, and you can play my version. Okay. But that is all the news I have. That's the news. We've done the news. That was the news. I'm not cutting that in every episode, <laughs> like I do for your recommendations. Okay, so we've got a topic for today, and this was suggested by a listener. Was it actually? Yeah. Who? Ben at work. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. He listens, he counts as a listener. Okay, no, fair enough, yeah. He messaged me with an article, and the article is from Slash Film, and it says, Marvel Studios Phase 4 isn't as bad as you think. And said maybe this is a good topic for a podcast. So uh, I've taken that, changed it up a little bit, because it is we, we are now, we've finished Phase 4. Phase 4 is done. I, I don't think the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special counts as Phase 4. But by the time this podcast goes out, that'll be up on Disney Plus anyway. So Phase 4 is done. Um, and obviously the podcast is still fairly new. We've been doing it for a few months now. But the only film we've really been able to talk about in depth is Black Panther. So I thought this was a good opportunity now to go back and discuss Phase 4 and our opinions on all the different properties in it. Uh, Phase 4 is a lot bigger than previous phases, mainly because it includes all the TV stuff as well. Yeah, so if I've got a list that's only showing the films... Yeah, so we'll we'll split it into two episodes. So this episode, we're going to talk about the movies of Phase 4. Next episode, we'll talk about the TV shows of Phase 4. Agreed. Um, But yeah, I think Phase 4 definitely does get a bad rep. It does, and I don't understand why most some of the time. And I don't know. I think it's not bad. I think it's just coming from Phase 3. Like, things had really ramped up and everything... Everything was an epic, integral part of this bigger story. Where, like, it wasn't like that in Phase 1. I think that's what people forget. Like, when we get to Phase 6 with the Infinity uh, Secret Invasion and Kang Dynasty, that's when it's going to be insane, just constant. But at the minute, they're setting that up. And also, like, you know, the phases that everyone bigs up, like, you know, Phase 1 had some really not well-received films in it. The Incredible Hulk is part of Phase 1. Iron Man 2 is part of Phase 1. A lot of people don't like the original Thor film. I really like it, but that's part of Phase 1. I like the original. Dark World's a bit. Yeah, Dark World is part of Phase 2, and that's, that's crap. A lot of people don't like Iron Man 3. Again, I really like that. I disagree. I think it's because of the Trevor Slattery reveal that they don't like it. But yeah, a lot of films that people don't hold in high regard have been phase one and two. I think it's just like coming down from the high of endgame that makes people think phase four is a bad film. Yeah. Although it does have one of Marvel's worst films to date in there. But we will get to that. No, we obviously know which one you're going to say. Um, but I like one of my favourite Marvel films is in this phase. So 
Apparently, according to the list that I've got up, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is included in Phase 4, but we'll talk okay. about that next week when we talk about TV series. Are we not going to save that for the Christmas episode? Potentially, yeah. Okay, so we'll so next week we'll discuss all the TV stuff from WandaVision up to Werewolf by Night. We'll hold off on the Holiday Special until the Christmas episode. Okay, so the beginning of Phase 4. The world was in lockdown. Come on. Set the scene. If you're going to do it, you're going to have to set it like, the world was in lockdown. In a world where coronavirus was running wild, only one movie could save the box office. And no toilet paper was seen on the shelves. (laughs) But yeah, like, when was this originally meant to come out? Because this got pushed back, didn't it? Are we talking about Black Widow? So yeah, uh, Black Widow. Black Widow came out in uh, late June, twenty twenty one. It was originally meant to be uh, May twenty twenty. Obviously, March twenty twenty was when most of the world went into lockdown. Yeah, and you know the places that didn't were still avoiding the cinema mostly. Um, this was, I think, the first film I saw in the cinema. I was going to say post lockdowns. It was it was like between lockdowns in the UK. Yeah, when we was like, oh no, we'll be all right, and then it was like, get back inside. <laughs> yeah, um, and I like this film, and like it, I feel like it came too late. Like, why why did they wait so long to make a Black Widow film? Oh no! I re- they they must be so- well. There obviously was a reason introducing Red Guardian and Yelena, yeah. which are obviously coming into Thunderbolt. So maybe that's the reason. I just feel like it, this should have been a Phase Two film. Like they shouldn't have waited so long to make a Black Widow film and to make the first like female-led Marvel film. Yeah. It yeah. It shouldn't have taken them what like everyone 15 else. Years? Everyone else's back. Sto- everyone else's backstory was in. Phase phase one and two, yeah, like all the main Avengers apart from Hawkeye, they, you know what they could have they could have done a a really good Black Widow and Hawkeye film in yeah in phase two, like you can still introduce them in the Avengers, and then they go off and have an adventure while Tony Stark's doing whatever he's doing with suits or and... just Budapest, Budapest. Works best as a joke now, I think. Yeah. Like, you'll never see what happened in Budapest. But no, I, I really liked this film. I really liked it. It was it the, the chemistry between the different members of this family I thought was great. Like, when I think of the Black Widow film, the scene that springs to mind is the dinner scene. Yes. Where they're I all sat gonna... around the table bickering. And they're all like superheroes and secret agents and all and... just sat in the costumes like But you left and it obviously introduced Yelena, which has got to be one of my favourite characters in Marvel. She's just so funny. She is great. She was great in Hawkeye. F- yeah, like it's the macaroni and mac and cheese scene in Hawkeye, which we'll talk about more about next week. But it's just that it's like I made macaroni. <laughs> Yeah. Am I excited to see more of um, Red Guardian? Because he was funny. It was a funny film. It was a funny film. I mean, it started off, though, really dark. Like, it it starts off with them 
having to flee America, doesn't it? And yeah, and and two of them are you know they're, they're kids. They don't know what's going on. They're not the, the adults are obviously they're undercover. The kids are basically are their cover. Yeah. So they they don't want to leave this country that they've grown up in. Uh, and that that's a really a really heartbreaking scene, and especially because Natasha knows what's going to happen to Yelena when they go back, and uh, she goes back into into the Black Widow program. I could have watched a full film with them as kids. Yeah. Um, I was kind Trading. of disappointed after we got like the opening credit sequence, and then you're back in in present day. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a great film. I think the negative about this film is that the villains are a bit thin like there's not a lot there to yeah. Ray Winston's character and also to uh Taskmaster Taskmaster was really underused really underutilized yeah she she is appearing in Thunderbolts though she is going to be in Thunderbolts which hopefully the user better her skills really cool. It's it's it kind of really like cool. a superpower, I guess, but she just mimics everyone else's fighting style, which just makes her so like hard, yeah, like Captain I, America. I don't feel like they ever really made the most of that. I don't feel like they played with that as much as what they could have done. Yeah, like there's a they few moves where you're like, have... oh, so that's she's being Captain America. Oh, so there she's being Hawkeye. But I don't know, I just wanted it to be a bit more in your face. That now she's using this guy's move and now she's using that guy's move. There could have been a scene where she's fighting each one at family and like you can see that she's using their own moves against him. Yeah. I thought it'd have been really cool. After that, we've got probably one of my favourite Marvel movies. Definitely top ten, possibly even top five. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I thought this was such a well done movie. Yeah, I, I the, think the I think mostly it. it's great. That there are definite issues with it, which we will get to. But yeah, um, I mean, when you think of this film, what's the scene that pops into your head? It's got to be him catching catching the rings. Oh, I was going to say for me, it's it's for bus. It's for bus fight. Yeah, that is a great fight, and the use of camera work and yeah. Because as as we've talked, like I always look at the fight choreography because of the stunt work and that, the choreography of that scene with the like the direction. Who directed it? It was um... Destin Daniel Cretin. Yeah, his direction was so good. Like, and this fight scene because the camera angles were just just made it. I think if it were just like looking down the bus at it, it wouldn't have worked. But. It was just such a good scene, but no, the scene that stands out to me is him catching the rings, because I just think it's cool. Like when he comes round, spins them around, and then all of a sudden just slams down, and they change colour, and you're like, "Oh shit, he got control now." It, I think, I think it does give that Marvel feel. Do you know? I think we were talking last week about the end of Marvel movies having that big CGI fight. Yeah. This has got a fucking dragon, so it does definitely. Yeah, and but that, that is what like one of my issues with with this film is is that it does it does get messy towards the end, like a lot of them do. I do feel like that that whole the final action sequence does just kind of blur together to for me. Yeah. Um, it's like with most Marvel movies, isn't it? But I feel like that is how we know it's a Marvel movie now. 
I mean, yeah, it doesn't mean they can't do better. Uh, like you know, no, it's they not like this better. is a an unusual, controversial opinion. I think, like most people say, Marvel movies have a, a third act problem. Yeah, you know, I'd much rather them do something different and interesting than just a you know a big a big CGI fight, which is what this turned into. My other issue with this is, I love Trevor Slattery, and I thought it would have been a great cameo. If they'd left him in print, like I, I felt like what could have been a really funny cameo was drawn out too long. Yeah, but they need they needed the weird winged pig thing to show directions. Well, you know, they could just write a different. They could. They could just write a different way of uh, getting to what was it? Talocan? No. <laughs> no, that's Black Panther. Talo. Yeah, ta talo, like T A L O in it. Yeah. Another scene that stands out for me is that first bit. Do you know when he's young? Well, not young because he's done age, but it's like in the past, and he's trying to find um, Talo, and she's guarding it, and then it's oh, that, like yeah. no. cool little dance fight. That that is a great scene, and it's a you know it's a homage to to classic Chinese films like um, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, and I I wish there was more of that in the film, honestly. That yeah, I was, was I was blown scene. away watching that, and I was disappointed that the entire film wasn't like that. But yeah, if you like yeah. that kind of thing, watch watch Crouching Tiger or watch Crouching um, Tiger's a great film. Watch Have you seen Hero? That's a good film as well. Um, I don't think I've seen Hero. Yeah, yeah, give Hero a watch. I also really like in Shang Chi the relationship between Shang and Katie. Is it That's Katie? That's funny. Oh, I just made that. Yeah, up. Kate. Yeah, Katie Chan. Yeah. I really like their friendship and Aquafina. Yeah, I think something that you don't see often enough in films is like platonic male and female friendships. It it's always you know revealed two thirds of the way through that actually they're in love and have been for years and like no what like men and women can be friends. It is fine. And you can show that in films. And I think this did it really well. I will be really annoyed if they get together in a future film because I thought it it's was. Good, a, it's probably going to happen. It was a great example of a platonic friendship. Yeah. Okay, on to Eternals. So we're still in 2021. This is the third 2021 Marvel film. Um, Out of four. Did not review well. And I kind of get why. But it's definitely a different kind of Marvel film. It's a much. It doesn't feel like Marvel necessarily. It's much more of a slow burn, I think. I remember, so I saw this when it first came out, and then I went to see it again with you because you hadn't, and I really wasn't looking forward to sitting through it again. But on a second viewing, it actually improved my opinion of the film. I enjoyed it a lot more the second time round, and I think it's just because my expectations had been tempered, and I wasn't expecting a Marvel film. I, you know, I knew what I was getting into now. 
Yeah. And it is a much better film than I think most people give it credit for. It is. And I think we're talking about that third act issue. It doesn't really have that as much because it's not a massive CGI fight at the end. Exactly. Like, saying saying that they shouldn't all just have the big CGI fight does not mean that you can't have a big, epic, intense third act. Yeah. But this this one's much more character-driven. Yeah. And I... Um... I love the characters as well. Like the powers as well is really good. Um, I still don't quite believe the sprite um, twist when she she changes sides, changes sides, and goes with Icarus. Like that just didn't feel believable from what you've seen of her character. Yeah, and like you get told, you get told that she's in love with Icarus, but you never you never see that. Like who is it? One of the other Eternals. Says to her like, oh, of course you've always you've always been in love with Icarus, and he's like, has she? Like she's she's done nothing to make any of us think that. I don't even remember anyone saying that she was in love with him. Yeah, they they have a big conversation about Peter Pan, and I think I think it's Kingo says like, I always I always saw you as being Tinkerbell. Because Tinkerbell is in love with Icarus. Uh, yeah, Tink- Tinkerbell's in love with Peter, and Icarus is Peter. And it's like, surely if anyone's Peter Pan, it's this child that literally doesn't age. Why would she be Tinkerbell? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, none of that made any sense. Wasn't on board with that. So, but in terms of the like, the powers are great. The powers are really like, cool and really distinct. Cersei. Cersei. Her power is incredible because she's like her power is molecules, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Like anything, anything made up of molecules, she can rearrange the the structure. Yeah. So basically, she makes Doctor Strange look like a Las Vegas magician. I mean, Doctor Strange could probably do that too. I'm not sure, but hers is natural, as as much as the Eternals are natural. I think one of my favourite visual parts of this was the Celestials. Like, we'd seen bits of yeah. Celestials before, and nowhere is a, a Celestial head. Yeah. And then you get a glimpse, I think, of a Celestial, uh, in fact, while they're on Nowhere from the Collector, when he's explaining what the Infinity Stones are. Yeah, when one's using an yeah. Infinity Stone. Uh, but this was the first proper look at the scale of the Celestials. And that, yeah, that was uh, well. Well, yeah, because um, thing is, the celestial, isn't it? Ego, ego. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure he referred to him and Peter as being celestials. Maybe. Like I'm like 99 percent sure this they, they reference them as celestials. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what I think to the Earth being an egg, <laughs> but. It does give like a, a really cool visual at the end of the film with the celestial like half half escaped from the earth. Yeah. Although I feel like that on its own would be enough to cause like huge natural disasters, earthquakes all over the world, tidal oh, waves. Oh god, and... yeah, just end of the world. But like, no, it's fine. We've we've frozen. There's a big hand sticking out of the floor now. So, which um... I think we'll get back to that at all ever. 
Do you think that would be mentioned? Why there's a big hand sticking out of the ocean? They're just in one of Avengers movies, they fly in in a helicopter and they're like, oh, look, it's the Eternals' hand. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. There was an Easter egg in She-Hulk. There was a, a news article on yeah. uh, on her computer that said, like, what's with the big hand sticking out of the ocean? Alongside one that said something about a man with metal claws in a bar fight. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink. This, they're going so heavy on Marvel ref- uh, mutant references, yeah. aren't they? We should have known that Hugh Jackman were coming back from that, shouldn't we? Yeah, really. I'd have liked to have seen more of Ajax and like her powers because we didn't really see. We saw like dial flashback dialogues and things like that, but not much of her actually using her powers. Yeah, I think I would have. Instead of every time we go to find one of the Eternals, we then do a little flashback about them. I would think I would have just done the whole film in chronological order. I, I I thought there was a bit too much jumping about in time, back and forth and back and forth constantly. Like, yeah, we don't need to do that. We can we can remember what who someone is from beginning of film to halfway through when you find them. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I tell you who I've I thought was the real standout here was uh, Kamel Nanjiani as Kingo. Yes, I thought it was absolutely yes. fantastic, and his power power is great. He can just basically shoot things from cosmic energy from his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. He's just walking around going poo, yeah, <laughs> doing the gun gun fingers. Yeah, they've all got really cool powers. I mean, I suppose Gilgamesh apart is from just Icarus. strength, isn't he? That's apart from Icarus. Icarus has got Superman powers. Yeah, that's just boring, isn't it? When when someone's got molecular altering powers, someone's got pr- projection. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's Fastos like has got the power of blueprints. He's a, t- he's a, t- <laughs> he's a tinkerer. Yeah. Um, but you know, so is Tony Stark. Is a is a out of this world tech guy. Druid can control minds. And they even, like, we've seen super speed done so many times. They even managed to make Makari's powers look really cool. Yeah. And still different. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't do a whole, like, Quicksilver in X-Men slow down. Well, because that, that, yeah. Yeah. I really like the use of sign language in that with Makari's relationships. Like, rather than her being mute and it just not being do you know what i mean yeah. she just doesn't talk and they don't expect her to sort of thing i like how these they added all of the sign language into it yeah but i think one of the coolest powers so second i don't know second or third coolest because i like the molecular rearrangement and sprites projections really cool um thena so Angelina Jolie's character, because she's basically make just makes weapons out of her hands, like a, a shield and a um, spear or a, she- a sword. And it's just really cool. Yeah, I just, think it's a really unique power. Just a badass warrior. Yeah. And I think they, I'm not sure if they hint towards it or outright say that the Greeks named Athena after her. Yeah, I think they do. And a- a- Athena, as everyone knows, is the best Greek god. Yeah, I always liked to. I always liked Athena. Badass, powerful warrior woman. 
Yeah. And I, I do think we also need to mention the Druig-Makari relationship. Like, I shipped that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's something I'd, I'd really look forward to seeing more in, if and probably when we get more Eternals. They might not give it the, quite the same budget as they gave the first one, I don't know. Um, if it, I mean, it still it doubled its budget. It, and this, again, was in 2021. But its budget yeah. was 200 million. It made 400 million. So that's a very big budget. I mean, it's not these days. No, but not for not mid- for a Marvel film. COVID so, and I always remember learning in film studies that Spider Man, two thousand and two Spider Man film, had like the biggest budget of all time, and it was like two hundred million dollars. And now that's like your average blockbuster gets two hundred million dollars. Like it's not. It's not the huge number it used to be. But yeah, that was, at the time, the biggest budget of any film. And then we have to mention, obviously, at the end, Black Knight, or hinting towards Black Knight, really. Yeah. that that's With uh, Blade's voice in the background. That's some of the stuff that I feel like Marvel doesn't do as well as it used to do. I used to really like, you know, like... Uh, a mid credit scene where Agent Coulson's gone and found Thor's hammer, or like you know the the little yeah. teasers that they, they, they used to do. I feel like they were just like little tags. Post credit scene on Iron Man to tease Avengers, like that's perfect. What we don't need is bringing Jon Snow in for an entire film just to tease that Black Knight will possibly be doing something at some point in the future, like. That could have been uh, just a mid-credit scene. It didn't need to be like bringing this whole new character because it's it's weird that someone who like and especially at the time this is coming right off the back of Game of Thrones is in this film doing nothing. No, but I did like his character though because he's just like so normal throughout the film. He takes the whole thing way too easily as well, like. <laughs> like oh okay so you you're an immortal and yeah so oh this is the guy that can fly yeah an all right yeah why not like but no, freak I out think... or something come on <laughs> lose your shit there's a guy flying I think that's where we're at though really isn't it especially after Thanos no one cares now <laughs> they just see a superhero and they're like you're right mate what's your name now oh, do you know what I mean hell, like go again yeah. They don't care anymore. It's not like when it first started, they're like, oh my God, Spider-Man. They're like, oh, fuck off. You're getting webs everywhere. It's much more known about, like we were learning in She-Hulk with just like random superheroes here and there. I, know, I still feel like you, you could have some some reaction. And there, so after Eternals, we have Spider-Man No Way Home. We do. Can I go to the toilet? I just I will leave in a pause so it's not weird. Okay. I'm just bursting. So Spider-Man No Way Home probably had one of the biggest reveals in recent years, even though it was expected. I was going to say, can you really call it a reveal? We all knew going in. 
it was going to happen, but the way they did it, I don't think anyone could have thought how it how that was going to happen. And I think it, they did it so well. I'll tell you what, the, the bigger surprise for me in this was that Charlie Cox was back. It was just that little teaser, weren't it? Like, he had, like, what, two minutes of screen time? Just talking to P- Peter? Yeah, and... It was catching the brick. Yeah. That was the oh, very, really like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we all knew that, that Toby and Andrew were, in all likelihood, going to be back. There'd been all sorts of leaks, and um, yeah, who knows how many of those were actual leaks and how many were viral marketing. Yeah. Um, apparently, Sony really wanted to show them in the trailer, and uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel had to be like, no. Like, this needs to be a surprise for the cinema. Like, if people are going to go into this film, people are going to go and watch it to find out if they're in it. If you put it in the trailer... Then, no. Then, you know, you know they, they know and they don't need to go to find out. It was done so well with Ned putting on a sling ring, trying to find Peter, and we find them two first. I thought it was really cool. It was a bit odd how um, how quickly he picked up the sling ring. Considering how long it takes Doctor Strange to well, learn no, how to open a portal. I feel like in Doctor Strange he wasn't accepting it, but Ned really wanted superpowers, <laughs> yeah. so he was just like, I can do it, and it was like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like His will was so strong, whereas Doctor Strange is in that point in the film when he was trying that. He was just like, I can't do it my hands. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think that does make sense to me. I'll tell you what, though, I was worried about this film. Because I thought it was going to rely on cameos too much, um, and it didn't like this. If you took Andrew and Toby out, it would have still been a good film. Yeah, definitely. Peter's Peter's journey really feels like it's it's at a point where he can finally, thank God, be the Spider Man that that we would know and love. Like, I I do feel like. All three of these Spider-Man films with Tom Holland have ended with like, and now he's finally Spider-Man. But now he finally is. You end the first one, and like the whole third act sequence there is he loses his his special suit that he's got from Tony Stark, and he has to defeat Vulture using nothing but himself and his powers and his own abilities, and not rely on the suit. And it's like, right, now you've learnt to be Spider-Man. And then the second film ends with him swinging MJ through New York and it feels like the first time where you actually get him in New York and not in like the suburbs and not in a foreign country. Like he's actually finally swinging through New York like Spider-Man's meant to, surrounded by skyscrapers. And it's like, look, he's finally Spider-Man. Swinging MJ through New York, that's that's what Spider-Man does. And then at the end of the third film, he makes himself a proper blue and red Spider-Man outfit inspired yeah. by the other Spider-Peoples. And uh, you see him running along the Spider rooftops and sliding around in the snow, and it's like, look, he's finally Spider-Man. This whole trilogy has been building up to him finally being Spider-Man. Well, I'm not, I'm, I am not going to believe it until I see it that he is actually finally going to be a proper Spider-Man. Do you think there's going to be an actual Spider-Man 4 with Tom Holland? 
Well, it's something I didn't put on the news because it's all rumours and I've said before I don't like to report on yeah. rumours, but rumours are that he rumors. is close to signing for Spider-Man 4. That's what I've seen and I hope it's true because I do really like his Spider-Man. I, I've enjoyed these films, but on the, from the most part they don't feel like Spider-Man films. This one did the most. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, and I think maybe part of that is John Watts as director. Um I would hope if they do another trilogy of Spider-Man films that they choose a different director to differentiate it from the first trilogy. I don't just want yeah. three more of the same. If you're going to keep doing these, let's have a, a, a trilogy that has a different vibe and has a different feel to it than than what we've had. Yeah. That was the the Peter in High School trilogy. Let's move on now. Peter's grown up. Peter's left school. Let's have, you know, Peter's trying to hold down a job. Let's have him delivering pizza again. Why does Spider-Man never so deliver good. pizza anymore? Pizza time. <laughs> it's so cringy, though. When he does that, it's pizza time. I was like, Ugh. Oh, Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man. Well, no, it's not, because Spider-Verse exists. If he does sign, I reckon we'll be going into a symbiote suit kind of thing because of, obviously, the end credit scene. Uh, Venom leaving a drop of symbiote jelly. I mean, what was that tease all about as well? Like, at the end of Venom 2, he transports into the Marvel Universe, which makes no sense. Why? Because the magic box brings people who know Peter Parker. Yeah. Eddie Brock does not know Peter Parker. But the Venom might. The symbiote. Because when he sees the TV screen, he licks it. It's like he's remembering all... I don't know. Like... I don't know. It might It might work if, if that Venom knows Peter Parker because it's not... Eddie Brock is not Venom. Eddie Brock just sits inside Venom. Okay. But that's that's like not... a minor... That's a minor quibble. Yeah. That it's, why, why, why was Eddie brought into that universe is the minor point. Um... The, my bigger issue with that whole thing is why did the writers choose to bring Eddie Brock into that universe if he's not going to do anything? Because it's, it was like, this is our time. While we're working with Sony, we can install Venom into our MCU. It just seemed like a, a, a tease that never got a payoff. That's why I think it might do, because... They can't. They won't just leave it there. Yeah. So, like, obviously, he left a bit of venom behind. But there's a hundred ways of doing that. It, you know, they were teasing this version of venom is coming to the MCU, and then immediately undid that. It felt like they had plans to use him in the film, and then changed their mind and backed out. That's how it felt to me. They didn't want to do a Spider-Man three. Maybe this just shows you something, though. People always say the issue with Spider-Man three is too many villains. This has got more villains and does a great job. Yeah, that's not the issue with Spider-Man 3. The issue with Spider-Man 3 is that all the villains have got their own thing going on and it's not one cohesive story. It feels like three movies all smushed together into one. Yeah. But no, so it it did feel like Tom Holland's Spider-Man story finally came to to a close. We obviously get get the famous line said by Aunt May this time. With great power, there must also come great responsibility. And it's the proper line from uh, Amazing Fantasy issue 15, first appearance of Spider-Man. 
yes, because th- that's actually the wording of it, isn't it? That's the wording. Great power comes great responsibility. And you know who says it in in that? MJ. No one. It's just the narrator. Oh really? Yeah, it's just in in like a narration box. Um, I think it brought every each Spider-Man story to a close. Like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man managed to save MJ. Yeah, yeah. That... To make up for Gwen's, like that was a great moment. Yeah, we we they didn't just use them just to be just as, as look Spider-Man here's here's the that... Spider-Man that you remember. Like obviously there's a part of that to it. But they served those versions of Peter Parker as well. Um, I was hoping we were going to get a spider person we'd not seen before. I was hoping that maybe they'd introduce a Miles Morales or a Spider Gwen in there. Um, but you know, I can't mumble. A... <laughs> I can't mumble at three spider people. There are talks <laughs> of the Madame Web. I think it's a series. No, Madame Web's there, a there film is... that they're shooting. Yeah, film. That, that, cool. that Sony's shooting, so don't no, don't get your hopes up about Madam Web. No, but it's it's cool that they're not, not just sticking with Spider Man. It might open doors if it does well. It might open doors to do Spider Gwen, Miles Morales sort of thing. No, I'm I'm not getting excited about any any Spider Man okay. projects that Sony are making because they have done terribly with all those characters for years. Like they did two amazing Spider Man films that just are not Spider Man. They've done two Venom films that is no recognisable version of Venom. And then they've done fucking Morbius. And and now they're doing a Madame Web and they're doing um, El Muerto, who was like a villain that appeared in one issue with Spider-Man. And now they're basing an entire film around him. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I have no faith in any of that. Um, but yeah, I... sooner or later, we've got to get a Miles Morales in the MCU. That is... Yeah. It's a great character. He is a great character, and but it's got to be where it's going. They teased it a bit with uh, Donald Glover in like what? No way, far from home. Yeah, yeah. Donald, no. Homecoming was Donald Glover in Homecoming. It was because he was the guy that was buying the weapons from Vulture's men, um, and he was playing Prowler, and he mentions that he'd got a nephew in the city. So that's a tease of Miles. Oh, yeah, because um, his dad's were investigating him and then it ended up being a Miles Morales enemy, didn't it? Yeah. Pr- pr- that's how it... it... The, the Prowler is Miles' uncle. Sorry, you're playing that... the Miles Morales game, aren't you? Have I spoiled that you for you? You dickhead. You absolute dick. Dude, you've seen Spider-Verse. No, I haven't. What? What? Get off this podcast. I wanted to play the game first, and I've not been able to until now. Well, you deserve that spoiler for not watching the greatest Spider-Man film of all time. So, right, okay. But his uncle seems like such a nice man! He is sometimes. (sighs) Sometimes he gets a bit prowlery. (laughs) That just sounds creepy. Um, Anyway, after that... Fucking spoiler. Moving on, we yeah. have Spoilers Doctor for Miles Strange. Morales' Spider-Man PS4 game. PS slash PS5 game. <laughs> um that's only just come on to PC. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Can I just my first thing I wanna say I this movie pissed me off. 
They spend time in basically one multiverse. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It does not live up to its promise of being a multiverse of madness. And I think people were expecting this film to be cameos galore, and it just it wasn't, which is fine. Like I didn't want it to be, but I think it uh, it built up some people's expectations a bit too much, especially when they revealed. They revealed Professor X in the trailer. Yeah. I think most people's thoughts were, if they're showing that in the trailer, what are they saving for the film? And the answer was Blackagar Baltagon. (laughs) Yay! Everybody's favourite Marvel character is back from everybody's favourite Marvel TV show. He's got cool powers, though. He's got. He's not got cool powers. He's got. He's got the power of never being able to speak. He's got the powers of being a mute. <laughs> I just. He, he's, this... he's basically got like, like, like King Midas. Is that's the sort of thing it reminds me of? It's like you know he he wanted everything he touched to turn to gold, and then quickly realizes it's a curse. And it feels like the same thing. Like it seems. It seems awesome that he can destroy buildings, topple mountains with a single word, but that also means he can never, ever, ever speak. This is what what happens if he accidentally does, like stubs his toe. He's like, "Shit, fucking all city's gone." Exactly. So I think it'd be more of an annoying power than a good power. The best cameo in this film has to be Haley Atwell. Yeah. Eh, uh, no. The jetpack annoyed me. I don't know. I thought it looked cool. I don't know. It just looks... It. I don't know. I think uh, Peggy Carter is just an all-round great character. Um, and the, uh, the Captain Carter episode of What If I really enjoyed. Yeah, me too. And so it was it's... great to see that in live action. Um... I think the next series of What If is meant to have a sequel to that to that episode. So we're getting some more Captain Carter. Oh cool. I like I liked What If. I you're gonna disagree with me, but the cameo I liked was oh. John John Krasinski as Why? What about that performance gave you Mr. Fantastic vibes? He looked like it. No, <laughs> I always wanted, like, after Fantastic Four, I wanted, the only person I could think of was John Krasinski, and I liked it. He gave the kind of, like, know-it-all, cocky, nerdy side, and I, I, I liked it. It, it. it was the only cameo that didn't make me want to puke. I, I didn't think he did give that vibe. Like, he seemed... He he seemed a bit like yeah I'm really smart but also kind of playful and like Reed Richards the main thing about Reed Richards <laughs> is the way you just said that yeah I'm smart and kind of playful yeah like that's that's the vibe I was getting like oh he's a cheeky a cheeky little smart boy is <laughs> the cheeky little chappy um yeah Reed Richards overriding quality is that he's a dick like. He's one of those people who's really, really smart and fucking knows it and will remind you of it at every opportunity 
and you can't you can't have a discussion with him you can't disagree with him because he's right all the time um that's that's the kind of person you're dealing with with Reed Richards and that's just not John Krasinski I I just I liked his version of it okay I like I like John Krasinski and I think I can't see who else I'd I'd put as Reed Richards oh, there's so many people you could put as Reed Richards They'll probably go with someone younger than John Krasinski, I think, for the Fantastic Four film. What do you think, like? But, I mean, well, you know, the, the, the rumour is that Cheedy is playing Reed Richards in Quantumania. Now, that, that would be good Reed Richards casting. Cheedy? Yeah, Cheedy from A Good Place. The Good Place. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the, the actor's name. I can't, I can't see him being a dick. Actually, really? No, have you have you yeah, watched no, the good place? Yeah, yeah, he is. He doesn't. It's like he doesn't realize it. Yeah, which I guess is Reed Richards. He doesn't realize he's being a massive dick. Um, okay, I see it. What I other cameos were the? Uh, Letitia Lynch was back as Monica Rambeau. Uh, you know that was cool, but that yeah, I that was okay. It was cool. Uh, I I didn't feel like it was. Earth shattering, uh, as like it, it was. It wasn't like, oh my god, I can't believe they got Monica Rambeau back. It was more like, oh yeah, in that Earth from Captain Marvel. And yeah, the one we've not really spoke about was Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. My main thought there with um with that performance was just leave Patrick Stewart alone. Just let him let him sit in front of the fireplace and read a book. That's all let he wants. Let, let 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 him retire. He doesn't want to be Professor X anymore. He just he just wants to rest. <laughs> like watching Patrick Stewart as Professor X in this, I was just thinking oh, he's an old man. He doesn't need to be doing this kind of film anymore. That's why he's got the wheelchair. It definitely doesn't need to be getting his neck snapped. It were a bit brutal, don't you? It think? was really brutal. And there's a lot. There's a lot that I like about this film. Wonder, 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 wonder. Well, no, Scarlet Witch. That's not wonder. I'm. I don't know. Like that. Like I did enjoy her performance, but you can't just judge these things on on the single film. You know that this has been sold to us as this is a massive ongoing story. This is a story that is thirty movies long now. I didn't believe that it was the same character we'd seen. In in other films and other properties, like it, she took so, that much of a change. I just, yeah, I I felt like we we needed a, we needed a, a Scarlet Witch movie. No, I felt like you know we got to the end of One Division, and she was genuinely remorseful and like teary eyed at what she'd put people through, and was you know how how is anyone ever gonna forgive me? I meant to go from that to suddenly like psycho. No, I'm I'm gonna like kill entire realities if I need to to get to my kids. Like I don't know, it just didn't. It didn't feel like the same Scarlet Witch. Um, but you know, I did I did like her performance, and I thought she was properly scary as well. Like that yeah, yeah. that sequence where she just like. Completely wipes out everyone at Comatage. 
I, I think was there just to show you, like, look, this is how powerful she is. And it was great, like the puddles when she's hiding in reflections, and it's it's the bit when they've got the barrier up, and then she finds someone that's worried, and then she's like, "Yeah, run." That was that was creepy. Yeah, and especially because that kind of thing was was her the first power that we really saw from her in uh, in Age of Ultron, where she was getting yeah. in everyone's heads. So it was good to see that come back. Sam Raimi was great. Like if they if they do another Doctor Strange film, I would like it to be Sam Raimi again. Yeah, I think they probably I, will. I that liked, was only Doctor liked, Strange two, wasn't it? I liked the whole first sequence. Well, yeah, because at the end credits, it's his wife, isn't it? Well, in the comics, yeah. I'd hope it's. I I'd hope that it's still his wife in this. I, I like it when they kind of go true to the comics. To an extent, you know I mean? yeah. As long you know, I think if you get the characterization right, it doesn't. You know, the details don't matter as much. Like, you know, I I I don't care if they do the exact same things that they do in the comics. Like, you know, Peter Parker starts a business in the comics. That I I don't care if that doesn't happen as long as. As long as they've got the character of Peter Parker right, as long as they've got his core right, that's I think more important. So if they get the character of Doctor Strange and whatever she's called, and I, I think generally they have got the character of Doctor Strange right and his cockiness, yeah. like he's kind of he, he's a bit similar to Reed Richards, to be honest. Yeah, like he's. I feel I'd like to see some interaction when we finally do get a Fantastic Four movie. I'd like to see some interaction between Mr. Fantastic and Doctor Strange. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, it'd probably play similarly to Doctor Strange meeting Iron Man. Um, The only thing is, I think Doctor Strange and Iron Man are more... a bit more quippy. And... uh, I'd, I I think they'd be a bit more playful and insulting each other, whereas uh, Reed Richards would be a dick about it and not be be less playful about it. Like they're all dicks. Reed Richards is the biggest dick about being a dick, <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't realise he's being a dick. I think he doesn't care if he's being a dick. He's kind of above it all. Really? Yeah. Like he's like, thought... he's not bothered who he annoys because. He knows he's right. I think he just. I think he's just like somewhere on the spectrum and doesn't know. Like he just doesn't realize. Oh, definitely, yeah. He does not realize that what he's saying is annoying. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree with you that they did not see nearly enough multiverses to justify calling this the multiverse of madness. It was more the um, day trip to another multiverse. Yeah. Um. I'm going to move off this one soon. There's a couple of things I do just want to mention. So my favourite part about the film was the music note battle between yes. the two strangers. Um, and that was very Sam Raimi. Like Watching that, I was like, this could only have been done by Sam Raimi. No other director would have pulled this off, and it was great. Um, I think my least favourite part about this film was the ending it really wound me up and i think 
sometimes, no matter how bad a film is, if it ends really well, you leave the cinema feeling great about it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this film, and I hated the ending, and it kind of put a dampener on the film as a whole for me. So just when you say the ending, do you mean the Scarlet Witch and no? And okay, Doctor Strange spends the entire film being told about other Doctor Strangers who have used dark magic and shit's gone wrong for them and they've died. And like the whole film, he's being warned against dark magic and warned against using the uh, dark hold. And then at the end, in that final sequence, he's like, well. I need to use the Darkhold. And he's like, you know, I'll be fine. Those other Doctor Strangers must have been shit. I'll be fine. I know I'll be all right. It's that cockiness yeah, again. Um, there's a kind of no, bit, but, a bit where he's... So, so that's fine. So so then what, what you want is for him... To, he needs to get his comeuppance. He, he needs to be shown that actually you're not, you're not better than anybody else. You're still going to have consequences for doing the thing that you have been told repeatedly that you shouldn't be doing. And then it ends with that eye opening about. up on his forehead and like he falls to the floor in agony. Pain. And it's like, oh my God, this like what what does this mean now? Doctor Strange has got what is this gonna mean for the future of Doctor Strange? And then cut to the mid credits and he's just like look at this cool eye on my forehead. Like what like, what is the point of him? He was, like, laid in the middle of the street screaming in agony about it before. And already, like, the very next scene, he's just like, yeah, I've got an eye on my forehead. And what? I f- so where's, I feel like- where's the comeuppance? Where's the consequences for his actions? He's got an eye, but he, if he closes, no one sees it either. Like, it just hides away. I feel like... We don't know how much time passed between him on the floor in agony. I mean, it don't matter. We're not going to see that, are we? We're not going to. We're not going to. The next film's not going to be a film of him learning his lesson and coming to terms with the fact that he'd overstepped the bounds to, 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 to get to, to get rid of the eye on his forehead because he's already. If he's already done that, he's already. He's controlling it. It might do a flashback. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it just, it wound I me get up. What, I get, I get like, what you mean. Where's it? It should have ended at the screaming. It should have, like that should have been it. Anyway, moving on to Thor: no, Love and Thunder. Don't. I don't want to. Yeah, it's it's shit. It's hard because I really <laughs> like Taika Waititi generally. I enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. I know not everyone did. Thor: Ragnarok is brilliant. It is incredible. Um, I really like Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows. I like Taika Waititi. So, like, where did this go wrong? Do you, do you think they gave him too much control after, like, you know, Ragnarok went worked well? So they were like, okay, for the next one, just go, do, you know, do whatever you want. And it just got a bit too silly. I don't know. Like, I'm fine with a Marvel film being a comedy if the jokes land, and they just didn't. And I think if if this film was really, really funny from start to end, like, I could have forgiven anything else. I could have forgiven... What what else happens? It's just not funny. Like, yeah, I, I could have... <laughs> I could have the forgiven Zoom, the fact have, that... Zeus is a weirdo. 
<laughs> yeah, I could have forgiven Russell Crowe's weird accent. I could have forgiven that Mjolnir and Stormbreaker suddenly have personalities now. No, I'm sorry. The funniest part of this film is um, for picking up Mjolnir and passing it to Jane and then <laughs> Stormbreaker just floating on like, bitch. No, it's... <sighs> It's that is actually I found that so funny. Like, are they sentient? Yeah, that's some sort of living hell. Just being a sentient the, the, axe. The gods' weapons. Like, so they do what they want, really. But that they? that has never been established before. I, f- I feel like it has, but not so deeply. Like they've talked about Mjolnir being sentient. When? In just in the way that. Like, it knows when Thor wants it to come back to him. It's not Thor that's doing it. It's Mjolnir coming back that's, to him. That's not, that's not sentient, so that... It is, that's his... But that, Yeah, that's a charm that's on it, isn't it? I don't know. But it it just... They gave him the the direction. He should have, he sh- he should have kept the direction. It was the writing. It, if... If I had found that whole bit with Stormbreaker and Mjolnir funny, I I wouldn't be overthinking it, and I'd just be like, yeah, that's funny, moving on. But because I just found it really cringy, now I'm thinking, so like, are they said? Do, do, can they see? Where are their eyes? Can they think? Like, do, do like what level of intelligence do these weapons have? Like, that's where my brain's got because it's not funny. It's not funny enough for me to ignore the fact that it makes no sense i don't know i fa- i fa- that was one thing i did find funny was oh the other thing you're going to save the goats aren't you <laughs> the fir- only the first time <laughs> yeah the first the first time it was funny but you know you didn't need you didn't need a goat scream every 5 minutes for the rest of the film after that one thing that does piss me off is gore the god butcher looked shit Oh no, Gore was the best part of this film. The character was brilliant. But like I feel like have you seen what in the comics what Gore should look like? Yeah, but that that doesn't bother me. Like I said, it's the essence of the character you get right. I know, but I wanted like this Cthulhu look, not just some No, white face no, paint. it didn't need any of that. It would better him just being like just a skinny guy. Skinny pale guy like I I that yeah, I would prefer that to to his comics look. But no, again, I Christian Bale is is a really good actor and he he's the kind of actor that will give a lot to his craft. I, f- I feel like he kind of car- he kind of carried this. And he 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 was underused, I think. Like he he was uh yeah, not served well by poor writing. Uh, and I think I, I did say before, we, we've talked about this film previously, I think, on early episodes of the podcast. Like, episode seven, still an early episode, isn't it? Um, but no, like, we have spoke about this film before because I remember saying that my my preference would be that, you know, that they were trying to stop him getting to uh, eternity. And then he gets there and just brings his daughter back. And they're like, what? Well, what the fuck? We thought you wanted to kill all gods because he never says that. They assume that. They're like, oh, what do you think? 
What do you think Gova Godbutcher's going to want to do if you can wish for anything? It would have been a much better payoff if he got there and was like, I just wanted my daughter back. The only reason I've killed all these gods is because they were getting in my way. Because they didn't want me to be able to get here and make a wish because they were scared of what I could do. All I ever wanted was my daughter back. But instead, like when it's his daughter dying and the emotion of that that carries, that, that like starts his whole journey. That opening scene was great as well, by the way. Um, like when that's what starts his whole journey, for them to be like, why don't you wish for your daughter back before he does? I, like, I, I don't know. I didn't believe that of that character. I thought that would be his his main goal all along. Because then as well, then you, you're you left with the question of like, oh, what, have we been the bad guys all along? We've been trying to stop him getting here. Was that the wrong thing to have done? Should we have actually, you know, looked more into this and asked questions before just trying to kill the dude? I feel like there's, you know, with, with some rewrites... There's potentially a good film in there, but yeah, it, it, it's it one of them where like go, it has its moments, but that's it, it tried to go full on comedy and it just doesn't work because the jokes don't land. Well, I saw Chris Hemsworth say Thor needs a complete take a completely new reimagined direction yeah. if 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 he's to return. As in, yeah. as in, if forced to return. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I agree with that. Um, I wasn't a fan of any of the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff at the beginning of this film. No, me neither. Like, uh, Taika it wasn't needed. didn't seem to be interested in exploring that at all. I think it, they're only in it because that's that was the status quo at the end of Endgame, so it's like, okay, they we need to, to quickly resolve it. that. But, like... Pretty much none of them have any lines, other than uh, other than Star Lord. I think Karen Gillan might say "hurry up." Well, they had so he had so much opportunity to use them, like to use Drax and Mantis's relationship. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There was so much opportunity there. Yeah, I think a better use might have been just don't do Love and Thunder, and. Don't do Love and Thunder like this. Do Love and Thunder, make it a Jane Foster film, have a cameo from Thor, make it like 90% a Jane Foster film, and then use Thor for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Like, he joins the team for Guardians 3. That, I think, would have been a better use of him and a better use of Jane Foster as well. Like, she could have really stood on her own. And not being not being overshadowed by Thor. Um, something I did think was really cool was Mjolnir's new ability, where it all the shards like yeah. break up and hit different people, and then reform back on the uh, hilt again. Was it called a hilt? That was really... I guess it's just a handle when it's a hammer. Shaft. The shaft. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shaft. You're a shaft. <laughs> it's it's a hammer's shaft. But yeah, on on the whole, I think this is one of my least favourite Marvel films. Yeah. I don't know if it's my least favourite, because I think think Dark World is worse. Dark Dark World's definitely 
the worst one, but this is da this is definitely down there. Obviously, after Thor: Love and Thunder, we move on to Black Panther: yeah. Wakanda Forever, so which we have done an episode on. We've done a full a episode. Bonus episode. You can listen to us talk for a full two hours about Wakanda Forever. So I don't think we need to go over it again here, other than to say we both like it, and I think. I think, judging from like other podcasts I've listened to and stuff, I think we like it more than most people. Okay. But we, yeah, we we were both very positive on it. Well, it's it's hit. It's had a second amazing week in box office. And well, uh, particularly uh, we both praised Letitia Wright's performance. Oh God, yeah. And uh, Angela Bassett's performance. So uh, if you if you want to know our our Wakanda Forever opinions, go and listen to our bonus episode. Um, right, shall we rank for movies of Phase 4? So there's, se there's seven films, so I think are we both putting Love and Thunder number seven? Yeah. Okay, six for me, I think, is... And it's like it's a big jump up, but I think it's probably Eternals. Okay. For me, it's Doctor Strange. Okay. Um, I had too many issues with Doctor Strange. Number five for me, Shang-Chi. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you seem okay. surprised. I'm very surprised. No, like, you know, I liked it. It's like, it's it's fine. It's a, you know, a three and a half star film. Five for me is Eternals. And then... Number four? Mm, now this is hard. Number four for me is... Black... I think Black Widow. Number four for me is Black Widow. And then number three for me is going to be... Uh, Doctor Strange. Num number three for me is Spider Man. Really, really. So Shang Chi's Shang Chi's up there for you. It is. Um, yeah, I don't know. So between Spider Man and Black Panther for number two spot. My number two is Shang Chi. I think I've not. <sighs> Your number two, Shang Chi. My number two, I think, is going to be Black Panther, and then. Spider-Man No Way Home takes the tippity-top position. Black Panther takes the top for me. I think it was just so... Like, obviously, we said we've talked about it, but the use of emotion in this was incredible. It was very emotional. Incredible. But, you know, I I felt similarly distraught when, uh, when Aunt May died in No Way Home. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just a heartless bastard, but I didn't feel as much... Oh, I thought that that was done so well. It was. It was done when, incredibly. When it's like, oh, okay, the the they're both okay. Neither of them are, are injured. And then she just gets, she starts to. It's so gradual as well. It's like, oh, she's fine. Oh no, now she's starting to wobble, and now she's kind of. You can see how she's gradually starting to to it's... lose consciousness and like gradually is not understanding what's going on you you, you kind of you know watch watch her fade away and it's heartbreaking yeah i think the top three for me are all very so close together just because they're so good but for different reasons the top two are really close and then i'd say all of them in the middle are really close but the the top two are you know far and above. They're some of the best MCU films for me. All the middle ones are you know very 
decent films. They're all like three and a half stars. And then Fall of and Thunder is like a one and a half star. It's just a Shang-Chi. Maybe a two star. Maybe I'm being harsh. Shang-Chi for me, the story was great. great. I think flashbacks were used in the perfect places. Like they didn't over overdo it, but they were used in really good places. Like fight scenes were great. Story was great. Special effects were great. I think there were just things here and there, which there's always going to be with movies. Black Panther, yeah. obviously, we've been over that. Spider-Man No Way Home was amazing as well. Like, it had that... The same sort of storyboard feel that the other, the original Sp- Spider-Man trilogy had. Do you know, as in, you've got the opening, and then you've got the trouble, and then you've got how he fixes it, and then you've got the ending and the resolution. And it was just so cut and... Cut and stick do you know what i mean yeah and i think, I think that, you basically just described like dan Harmon's story circle style of uh of storytelling but if you that, look that works so well especially for a spider-man movie it works yeah. so well okay so i think that's it for this episode it is oh wait a minute we've not done recommendations i, I thought you were moving on to it but okay Okay, um, let's let's it. quick let's quickly do recommendations because uh, yeah, you know, we've been going on a while. Play my little tune. Okay. Da, 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 da. This segment is the recommendations. There you go. Um, so we said last episode that we were both going to watch what each other recommended. Recommended. So Ben, what did you think to All Quiet on the Western Front? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched Peripheral yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like, I've. Do you know what? What I've been watching, I'm, I've nearly finished. I've got like three more episodes. Are you still watching White Collar? Yeah, six seasons. I've got three more episodes to go. I've like blasted okay. through six seasons. So be proud of me. Have, um, have you got anything new to recommend? I have though, and it's 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 a curveball. It's a curveball to what we'd normally recommend. Is it Scrabble? <laughs> no. Do you know what? Yeah, I love Scrabble. To be fair, no, it's Family Guy. Oh, I've been, off, I've no. been, no, I've been watching the Family Guy episodes, and do you know what? I've just found them really funny because they're starting to not give a shit. I don't know. I don't, Family Guy stopped being funny years ago. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, right, okay. My, what, my have, what have you been watching then? If you've not watched Peripherals, what have you been watching? Um, I mean, we've started watching Christmas films. Okay. So we've watched Christmas Chronicle and we've watched Polar Express. Uh, but then yesterday we watched a four-part Netflix documentary. We watched all four parts back-to-back. It's called Pepsi, Where's My Jet? Okay. And it's a, it's a documentary series about a a campaign that Pepsi ran where you could get free stuff. So you'd get like a T-shirt with Pepsi logo where you could get glasses for collecting points from Pepsi cans. But on the, on the um, advert they'd put on there 7 million points for a Harrier jet. Then someone collects 7 million points and wants to cash it in for a jet. And their response is, no, that was a joke. His response is, there's no small print on the advert to say that it's a joke. There is no disclaimer. So you obviously wanted people to think they could actually get that prize. And it's, yeah, just... So you see it's, it's It's four hours of... Uh, argument between this kid and PepsiCo, and it was it was just a really fun series because this kid's um, enthusiasm for wanting a Harrier jet was infectious, 
And by the end of it, I just really, really wanted him to get his Harrier jet. I'm not going to spoil for you whether he does or not, but it's a great series. You should definitely watch it. Like I said, four-part documentary on Netflix. Really easy watching. Awesome. Have you been playing anything? I started playing uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. I love the uh, Abe's Odyssey games. I was going to say, you've played them a lot, haven't you? And uh, I've, I've been holding off on on playing this one i was going to wait till i got a ps5 and play it on there and it's just been added to the playstation plus extra tier yeah. so i decided that i'd uh that i'd start playing it now just because i might never get a ps5 at this rate who knows <laughs> well i've actually i've been multitasking i've been playing two games simultaneously um so like playing a bit of each and then going on to other each day um so i've been playing miles morales which is fantastic. I think the music use in it is great. Yeah, it is a great game, and I've got the platinum on that. Really looking forward to Spider Man Two. That's gonna you're gonna be able to play as both Peter and Miles. Yeah, um, I'm. I love the like. I'm not even doing missions. I'm just web swinging around doing flips in midair. That's the best part of of any Spider Man game. Like the. I, I don't think I even realised that you could fast travel in, in this first Spider-Man PS4 game. Could you? Until, like, right at the end of the game, after I'd done all the storyline and was just, like, mopping up a couple of random bit trophies. Why, why would you? Because, exactly. Like, if you if you are fast travelling on a Spider-Man game, then you're not in the mood to play a Spider-Man game. Yeah. And then I've been playing Assassin's Creed 3 as well remastered yeah oh, you've played that so much it is one of my favorite assassin's creed games i remember us playing that together when it first came out it's great do you remember i managed to get an early copy yeah i do we used to take it like just like right you do one mission then i'll do one and i've like the remastered it's kind of a little bit better as well because they've fixed some of the bugs and they've um added a few more features so do you know yeah. normally like your weapon your sword yeah you either choose a sword a club or a, like a two-handed axe or something you can buy one or each and have them in your inventory yeah so i've I, i've also uh platinumed that i've platinumed every assassin's creed game that doesn't have online trophies um because that when so i bought is that all the way up to syndicate uh, no, because like the Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3 remastered gate, uh, 2, what was it, 2 Brotherhood and Revelations remastered didn't have online trophies. Yeah, I know. Remastered on the PS4. I didn't platinum them on the PS3, but I platinumed the remastered versions on the PS4. So the version, I don't know if you got the same version uh, that I got of Assassin's Creed 3 on the PlayStation 4, comes with uh assassin's creed liberation yes which i think was originally made for the playstation vita uh i think so yeah and uh that was a really a really fun game like it had got some some cool mechanics in there that have not been in any other assassin's creed game uh it was kind of buggy but i put that down to it just it's it, it was made as a handheld game it didn't have the same kind of uh development budget that uh, a normal Assassin's Creed game would have. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I platinumed that one as well. I haven't played that one, but I will be playing it once I've done number three. And then, because I'm using PlayStation Plus at the minute, because the streaming software on it 
is so much better now they've kind of they've put playstation plus and playstation now together haven't they yeah which means and... there's much better games on there so all like even the new assassin's creed's on there yeah it's great but there's a lot of i've got the premium tier so you can play a lot of classic games as well that's what i've got so i'm just going to spend some time working through that but i'm hoping black flags on there i haven't seen it but i would expect it would be um right so that's the recommendations section okay thank you everybody for listening uh if you want to get in touch with us you can email notnpod at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter. We are at News of the Nerd. Please remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Give us a five star if at all possible, because that will help us grow and help people find us. And the most important way to help us grow is if you could tell your friends. Or your um, mum. Or your mum for Ben. Um, we would love to hear your opinions on the movies of Phase 4 uh, and what your ranking would be. Next episode, we will be discussing the TV shows of Phase 4. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Adios. Was it actually? Yeah. Who? Ben at work. Uh, okay, fair enough. He listens. <laughs> he listens. He can't listen. I dropped. <laughs> I dropped his Allen key that I'm playing with on my head. Oh, if pe- if if anyone tells me you ain't got ADHD, they can fuck off. Because you're always just there fiddling. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be Patrick Stewart. And it, no, he probably still wants to be Patrick Stewart. <laughs> No, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's it. He's had enough. Oh, oh, we stuck a dark turn. <laughs> I, I've always been into Pokemon. I've played the emulations of them so many times that. No, you haven't played the emulations of them, Ben. That would be illegal. Let's just cut that one out, shall we? I've played the game so no, many. No, in fact, times. I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to send it to no! Nintendo. No, don't. Take me! You'll never take me alive!